What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. Today is actually part six of Faith Lives. You all can be seated in the room. Uh, part six, and we know uh, as an introductory statement, a true living faith is an active relationship with God. We're not talking about here something that you do to get God to do something for you. We're talking about an active relationship with God that governs at all times what we are and what we do. So faith is not merely a belief in theological facts, steps, keys. It's not just that. Faith is belief in a person and what he has provided for us. Never forget this. The grace of God that brings salvation will always produce a right response and right behavior on our behalf. So we've learned there's four times as mentioned in Scripture that the just shall live by faith. Let's read our foundation text found in Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, and then we're just going to get right to our new information for today. Right. Today is a master key, so I pray that you will listen from your spirit. God is continuing to give us revelation about the subject. We believe it will be a great blessing to your life. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The Greek word for Christ is Christos. And it means the anointed one and his anointing. It means Christ is anointed. So when we're talking about the gospel, how I many know the gospel must be uh, about Jesus Christ? It says, for it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The good message about Christ, the good message about the anointing, the good message about all that he provided for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. That's a key point there. For the, for the Jew first and then also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So when we're talking about faith lives, we're talking about a lifestyle. We're talking about how faith lives 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So we've talked about, think about it this way. Grace is God's part. Faith is your part. Faith responds to what grace has already provided. So we're focusing in now on seven truths. The first one, sin is not the problem. The penalty of sin was dealt with on that cross. That, pr uh, that price has already been paid we don't need to pay it again. So sin is not the problem. Point number two, grace does not give us a license of sin, license to sin. So the more we focus on God's grace and how good he's been to us, it continually delivers us from the power of sin. And today we'll pick up with point number three. Point number three. Well spoken, honey. And you look good. Yeah, we're matching. Yeah. All right, point number three. This is very important, especially in the legalistic world that we live in. Point number three, be conscious of your right standing with God, not sin. I'll say it again. Be conscious of your right standing with God, not sin. Simply put, 
Be God conscious, not sin conscious. All right? A born-again believer who hears the word of God, should secure, it should secure their relationship with God. And we should be more aware of how much God loves us than we are aware of the wrongs that we've done. The message of the gospel should lead you to thankfulness because you realize that the blessings that you experienced is not linked to your performance or your behavior. That's right, that's right. I need to say that again. Right. A born-again believer hearing the word of God should secure their relationship with God. We should be more aware of how much God loves us rather than the wrongs that we've done. The message of the gospel should lead us to thankfulness because we realize that the blessings that we experience are only linked to his love and not to our behavior or our performance. That's good. That's good. The reason why this is so important is because we live in a humanistic world. When the fall of man occurred, our thinking superseded God. And in our thinking, we tend to try to dictate or create our own laws, regulations, and our own self-righteousness. But the bottom line is this. So therefore, there's a, there's a chart out there. We, do, we all do it. Even believers, we are so aware of our wrongs. Just go January 1st. Just go back to your New Year's resolution. <laughs> we spend more time thinking about what we can't do than we do about what we should be doing. All right? Let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 26. And I'm going to park here for quite some time, and I'm going to take my time in uh, talking about this. I'll be reading this from both translations, the King James and the, the New King James and the Message. I know my husband's brain back there is going to tilt like, girl, you only got so much time. I'm going to get it out, though. <laughs> I'm only going to get it out. Now, Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. I trust you. Thank you, honey, for trusting me. It says, but now, well, let me read it from the New King James, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, revealed being witnessed by the law of the prophets. Now, in the King James, it says being manifested. In other words, just pause here because God's saying in this uh, third chapter of Romans that I have revealed it. I have made it plain. I've made it clear. I'm not trying to hide it. There's not a secret code. There's not a special prayer. There's not a specific a fast that you got to perform. There's nothing you could do. I've made it plain for you already. That the righteousness of God is now apart from the law. In other words, there's nothing you can do to earn it. Nothing you did could earn it. But guess what? There's nothing you did that can cancel it out once you're in Christ Jesus. He's made it 3D is what I put it here. And, it's not, and, and, and you don't have, it's nothing that you got to seek and find. There's not a secret passage. Guess what? Jewish people don't have a secret access code to get the blessings of God. I don't care where they come from, the Hebrew, the Jew, I don't care. If you're in Christ Jesus, one, one, Christ Jesus, he said, I've made it plain to you. Yeah. It ain't that deep. And this is a divine righteousness that's made clear. Now, now when, he, when he goes on to say, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, in other words, he's saying the law pointed to righteousness in Christ Jesus and the prophets of the Old Testament pointed to the righteousness that is in Christ Jesus. Not rules and regulations. They all pointed to one. And in fact, the rules and regulations just made it clear, plain and clear that we can't get it by our performance. Okay. The prophets attested to us by reminding us over and over and over again that we fell short, that, we, that people got off. Mm -hmm. 
And this is not a, a, a law righteousness. It's not a moral righteousness. It's not even a human righteousness. It's a divine righteousness. And only the divine can supply the divine. That's right. Right? Right. And so, and, and, and it's only by this route do we obtain uh, eternity. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. In other words, no one in the Old Testament, no one in the days of Jesus got it better than we do. We all, in, in, in God's eyes, we all are the same. And once Jesus came on the earth, he says we, were all, we all have the opportunity to be made righteous and to walk in this righteousness mm -hmm. through faith. How? Say it at home. Through, through faith. faith. How? Type it in, the, in your keyboard if you're looking on a device. Through, through faith. faith. There's no other way to walk in this righteousness by what you believe and who you believe in. Mm -hmm. And not acknowledge it as just truth, but it's your reality. Faith lives. You know, a lot of us acknowledge it as true, but how many of you know you can think something is true, but not make it your reality? A lot of us believe that God, yes, Jesus loves me. Yeah, but the love of God does not withhold. The love of God freely gives. Amen, which is why he says, I've given you all things pertaining to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. Verse 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. All right, now, here we go. Because I promise you that when folks cut up that are supposed to be Christians, someone out there is ready to say, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Not realizing that they're contradicting their own selves in the face of what's being said here. He said, we have all sinned. Yes. Not that we're all sinners. We have all sinned. It's been done. And that word sin is actually translated in the literal Greek, corrupted. We've all messed up. We've all missed it. We, we were born into this world in a fallen state. And so we've all sinned. We've all been corrupted. Right. And we, therefore, we can't glorify God in a corrupt state. So if you can't, if we were born corrupted in our natural bodies, and we can't glorify God in our corrupt state, what makes you think that in our righteous state that we're still corrupted but can glorify God? You can't. Yeah. See, let me read to you up to this point in the, in the Passion Translation because it makes it really plain. But now, independently of the law, the righteousness of God is tangible and brought to light through Jesus, the anointed one. This is the righteousness that the scripture pro prophesied would come. It is God's righteousness made visible through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And now all who believe in him, who? All who believe in him. Not all who perform in him, none of that. All who believe in him, all who are God conscious, receive that gift. For there is no difference between us. For we all have sinned, are in need of the glory of God. Yet through his powerful declaration of acquittal, God freely gives away his righteousness. His gift of love and favor now cascades over us, all because Jesus, the anointed one, has liberated us from the guilt, the punishment, and the power of sin. See, in our humanity, we do not have the answers. We can't solve the problem. We can't get it right on our own. We're no different from the, those people that we so, so, much, so often preach about, uh, uh, the, the Israelites. It's, we, it, we're on replay. Now, you can go back and see Old Testament stories being replayed right now in current day history. <laughs> That's true. 
And because of the fall, we're all corrupt. But understand this. Can you be broken and fixed at the same time? Can you be broken and fixed at the same time? Can you be corrupt and correct at the same time? Put in a corrupt program into your computer. It's corrupt. Nothing about it is correct. <laughs> when it doesn't load fast enough, it's corrupt. When that blue screen comes up, it's corrupt. It's not corrupt and correct at the same time. The only thing that might make it correct is the fact that your computer came on. So therefore, you can't be a sinner and righteous at the same time. You can't. Once you've assumed the identity in Christ, you are then made righteous. And see, what happens is when people find themselves Christians, because he's writing this to Christians, find themselves in a perpetual behavior of sin, we want to offer up this excuse scripturally. But it couldn't be no more wrong. It's not that we are sinners, and you know, the other one is sinners saved by grace. We're all sinners saved by grace. It's, it's one or the other. We were sinners. Now we've been, now saved. We've been saved by grace. Amen. Amen. So he says here that because of this, in verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we have access to everything that God has to offer us at the point of salvation. Everything. I don't care what healing, provision, peace, joy, salvation, eternity. We have it all at the point of salvation. He just poured, lavished out his gift upon us at that point when we said, Jesus, come into my heart, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. And in fact, it says right here in verse 25 in the Passion Translation, Jesus' God-given destiny was to be the sacrifice to take away sins, and now he is our mercy seat because of the de his death on the cross. We come to him for mercy, for God has made a provision for us to be forgiven by faith in the sacred blood of Jesus. This is the perfect demonstration of God's justice because until now, he had been so patient, holding back his justice without, out of his tolerance for us. So he covered us, covered over the sins of those who lived prior to Jesus Christ. So he covered their sins so that they too would have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Verse 26 in the Passion, and when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy, to offer up his own son. So now because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus, God declares us righteous in his eyes. We don't have a piece of righteousness as salvation, and then we get a little bit more later, and then a little bit more later. It does, it's not predicated upon how much scripture you know and how much time you pray. It's predicated upon how much, how much love you bestow upon him and how much you yearn after him. And as you grow in knowledge, because it's already there, as you grow in knowledge and revelation, you're better able to walk in it. So God's not limiting and progressing you. We limit and progress ourselves. That's good. That's good. That's good. Verse 24, whom God set forth as, or I already said, uh, read that. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, everything that we have is a result of what we believe. You know, a quick story before I turn it over to my husband. My daughter, very quick story, I promise, quick. You're good, you're good. My daughter, you know, she, she believed God when she entered into high school that she would go get to UGA. She did not graduate with a 4375 and she did not have every accolade and everything else, but she was a very good student, okay? Above average student, very involved, but she put her faith in that. She would tell us that that was, that was what she was praying for, that she would get into UGA, University of Georgia, for those that's looking all around the world. And so, you know, she submitted her application and she got 
a letter that she was waitlisted. And, um, no, she first, the, the, uh, she got a letter that she was waitlisted, and then she had to wait some time before she found out the status of what that would look like. And then she gets this email with the fireworks that says, welcome, you are now a UGA dog. But guess what? She had a friend, a classmate. She, they did have the 4.375, perfect attendance. They had strived so that they can get into UGA, and they didn't get in. This is just an example of you can perform perfectly and still miss God. Only through your faith will you get an admission ticket that says stamped by the blood of Jesus. And in that, in that admission, you can celebrate with the fireworks that comes with his glory. That's so good. Praise God. That's so good. So good. So we're talking about being conscious of your right standing with God and not sin. So when I think about being conscious, I'm thinking about what do I think about all the time? What am I meditating about? Mm -hmm. And so I want to constantly be in, be in a zone almost that I am right with God. Right. Now, you know, even though I'm in that zone, that doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. That's right. Right? I'm just more conscious that he made me right than I am of the mistake that I made. What the enemy wants to do is get you into condemnation and always remind you of what you did wrong. And you've got to learn how to say, oh, no, Mr. Devil. Oh, no. The blood of Jesus has covered that. I've already repented from it. Come on, somebody. And then literally focus on the fact that God, through Jesus Christ, has made me right with him. Anytime I miss it, that is the process that I go through. I said, Father, I know that that behavior is wrong. And I know that your grace doesn't teach me that. And so, Father, I repent from that act right now, and I declare that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and I have overcome that area by the blood of your son, Jesus. And that is my process every right. single time. That's right. So that I don't get stuck on the mistake, I get stuck on I'm right with God. That's right. Is everybody clear with that? Now, let's build on this a little bit. God's grace, that's going to take faith to really receive everything we're getting ready to say from this point forward. God's grace has provided, as she communicated, not only for your salvation, but for every need of your life. Every need that you have right now has already been provided for. You're not trying to get it. You literally, it's already been provided for you. You've got to learn how to manifest it. That provision is not based on whether or not you're reading your Bible enough, praying enough, going to church, listen very carefully, or even paying your tithes. Mm. Those are all responses to what I believe he's already provided for me. I don't do those things to get him to do anything for me. Is everybody clear? Now, let's get in the letter A up underneath that. Before you ever had a financial need, God created the provision. And I want you all to think about it. All you mothers out there, fathers out there, I want you to think about it. The moment you find out you were pregnant, ladies, mothers, you started thinking about everything that baby might need. And you didn't wait on the baby to show up to go get it. That's right. The room was already ready. Come on, somebody. Well, just think about just pregnancy itself. When that baby arrives that woman's body responds and is instantly ready to produce milk that will nourish that child. Mm. It's already 
built programmed, in, programmed, built in. It's, a, it's, it's built in. It's a law, not just with humans, but with, with animals. It's, the provision is already there. The essential provision is already there. As soon as you give birth, they put that baby on your chest because the mother's body heat can't be replaced by a light bulb. Okay. So it's already there. It's already there. And so if you all are understanding where I'm going, life works this way in the natural, and we're just mirroring the kingdom, right? If you really think about it, I didn't wait till my kids turned 16 to start saving money for them to have a car. I didn't wait till they graduated from high school to start saving money for them to go to college. The moment they were born, how many of y'all know that process began? So that when it was time to go to college, the resources were there. All right, go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at this now scripturally. So I would say to you, if your needs are not met right now, it's not God's fault. It's not on God's end. All right? 2 Peter chapter 1. Watch this, verse 1. Simon Peter, I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtain like precious faith. I love how Paul described it. How do you know faith is precious? Faith is a precious commodity. He says, like precious faith with us, watch this now, by the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ, our God and Savior Jesus Christ. So notice, we obtain this like precious faith by the righteousness of God, not the other way around. So in other words, we obtain faith as a result of him making us righteous. That's right. That's right. I hope you all are listening. Because it's all throughout the Bible. I don't know how we missed this. We, we literally put ourselves ahead of it and thought we had to do something and then he would make us something. No, he made us something and this is how we respond to it. That's good. Right? So the only reason we have like precious faith is because we have obtained righteousness. That's right. Is that clear to everyone? All right, let's keep reading in verse 2. He says here, grace, which is careers, graciousness, favor, benefit, joy, liberality, and peace, irony, prosperity, quietness, rest, to be set at one again, and wholeness. Notice what he said, be multiplied. That word multiplied means increased to you, watch this, not by your four steps, not by your seven keys, not by your forgiveness of somebody else, not by your giving of your tithes. It says it is increased to you in the knowledge. Mm. In the knowledge. That word knowledge there is epignosis. So he's talking about full discernment. The better I understand who God is, the more he releases in my life. He says that when you have full discernment of God and of Jesus our Lord. So in other words, you can't receive properly if you don't see him properly. If you don't know he's already provided everything that you will ever need, you can't good. walk that's in good. it. That's good. You don't have full discernment that your God is good, that he loves you, and he is unwilling to leave you in your current situation. You can't walk in the fullness of it. So until you have full discernment of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, how do I get full discernment of God? I study the Old Testament. When you want to understand who God is, study the Old Testament. When you want to learn who Jesus is, study the New Testament. Now, this is where we confuse it. The New Testament is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's still the Old Testament. 
The New Testament doesn't believe at the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a transitional book. It is the Acts of the early church. The New Testament begins at the book of Romans. So if you want to learn and have full discernment of Jesus, it's going to be what his death, burial, and resurrection has already provided for you. Let's keep reading. So now, full discernment. Watch this. Now, in verse 3, as his divine, so it's making it real clear, it has nothing to do with you. Because divine is divinity. It is talking about being godlike. It is talking about the Godhead. As his divine power, dunamis there, miraculous abilities. See, it's all about what he did, has given to us some things. Come on, I'm reading the Bible. Has given to us. Oh. Has given to us. Oh. What's left after all? So that means all your financial needs are met. Come on, that means all of your healing needs are met. That means that all your school needs are met. That means that all your house needs are met. That means that all your relations. Somebody ought to just thank God right now that every need that you have has already been provided for. Notice what he said here. As his divine or his divinity, his power, his miraculous ability, dunamis, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, somebody would say, Pastor, he's talking about spiritual life. That's why we need to study. Look up the word life, and it's literally talking about lifetime. So, he's given us everything that we will need in this lifetime. Uh-huh. Then he said godliness, so we could be clear on that. So, I've given you everything you'll ever need in the natural. I've given you everything you'll ever need spiritually. Spiritual, yep. Somebody ought to thank God for that right now. Somebody ought to type in, I thank God all my needs have already been met. Glory to God. Watch this. He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, but he reminds us again, through your seven steps, <laughs> through your four keys, through your faithfulness, through your church attendance, through your giving, through your love walk, through your willingness to not slap somebody when they've done you wrong. No, he said, through the knowledge, same Greek word, epignosis, full discernment of him that has called you to glory and virtue. Now, notice in this context, he didn't mention God. See, in this context, it's full discernment of what Jesus has provided for you. So remember, if you don't see him right, you can't receive from him right. That's good. That is so If you good. think he's the one that fired you, if you think he's the one that put the sickness and disease on you, how can you also think he can heal you? How is he making you sick and you want him to heal you at the same time? Come on, how is he making you broke and you want him to meet all your needs at the same time? Come on, somebody. How is he the one that's not providing a mate for you, but yet you're believing him for a mate? Come on, which one is it? It's either one or the other. But when I see him right, I can receive from him right. That's right. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. I'm going to save some time. I'm going to read this very fast. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. We spiritualize this verse. Nothing spiritual about this verse. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 8, 9. It's For you know, it's all spiritual. <laughs> For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, now we're talking about knowledge. You understand. See, you have a relationship. You know how good God is. Does anybody here know how good God yes. is? Yes. 
How good is God? How good has God been to, to you all, right? God is has God been good to anyone watching or anyone in this room? Come on, if he's been good to you, if you know his grace has showed up for you every single time, come on, give him your best praise right now. Come on, in the balcony, on the floor, in the room, give God your best praise. If you really know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's no way to keep your mouth closed if you truly know how good God has been to you. You can sit there like a bump on your log if you want to, but God has been too good for, to me for me to not give him all the glory that he deserves. I will shout hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are good and you are greatly to be praised. Says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, plusios there, different Greek word, means wealthy and abounding with it. Jesus was loaded. <laughs> Yet for your sakes, he became for poor. Who did he do that for? As parents, that's why we get so upset when we sacrifice so much for these kids and they don't treat it right. Then they don't understand why we almost want it. Because what we did was for their sakes. That's right. Right? And it hurts us as parents when they miss the opportunity of everything that we've already provided for. So he did this for our sakes, right? He became poor so that you should point to yourself. Through his poverty, might, 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 might become rich. So not automatic. Whether I become rich or not. Has nothing to do with what he provided. Has nothing to do with him. It has everything to do with my revelation. Just like? My reception. Just we got a whole lot stored up for our kids. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they ever walk in it, it's up to them. And watch this. As a good father, I'll let you miss out on it. Because you don't have a full understanding of who I am in your life. So if you were to get it, you, would, it, you wouldn't know what to do with it. If you got it haphazardly, it could very much be uh, the, the demise. Exactly. Let me show you the difference in this Greek word, rich, that you through his poverty might become rich. That's a different Greek word. It's pluteo, and it means to become wealthy or be increased. So notice, just like any good parent, he's going to give it to you little by little as you prove you know what to do with it. Mm, that's good. That's good. How I many I know I'm not getting ready to choke my kid with $100,000 right now? That's They're right. not ready to receive that. That's right. So I release it based off of their readiness to receive it. That's right. I'm about to throw this iPad at that. I'm getting ready to throw this at somebody today if you don't get that. So it's not on his end. It's on our end and our readiness to receive it. Because it's God who looks on the heart of man. I'm going to drop this iPad. I'm done. I'm through. I might go home right here. Every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer. No one moving, no one talking, unless you've been assigned to do so. Let her be. Go ahead, babe. That is so good. We can go on and on just man, on that listen, point right, right now. There. But B, the next point, where again, we're talking about being God conscious and not sin conscious. Mm-hmm. Before you were sick, God, through his grace, provided your healing. 
Before you are a twinkle in your mama and your daddy's eye, God had already provided your healing. Before you were a thought and legacy, you were, God had already provided your healing. At your, at your birth, God had already provided your healing. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The New King James says, Who himself mm. bore our sins on his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes... We were healed. That verse is loaded. But oftentimes we take it outside of the context that has been set in. See, prior to that, this is Peter now talking, who's a pastor. And he's letting us know if we are people of authority, how you're supposed to behave. He's letting us know that if we're subordinate people, he lets us know how we're supposed to behave. He's talking about suffering wrongs wrongly, being punished for something we didn't do. We're living in a climate where there's a whole lot of that going on, right? He's talking about dealing with things that, that, that we didn't, get, getting punishments that we didn't deserve. But no one did this at a higher level than Jesus Christ. Because mind you, he bore three levels of punishment for nothing. God's only begotten son, perfect in his ways, took on sin. See, the first thing was he took on our shame when they stripped him down, when they crowned him with the crown of thorns, when they spit in his face, when they lashed him with, with whips. Then they declared him guilty. He took on our guilt. And with that, he took on the lashes, the beatings, the marks. Body is broken. And then they said, okay, we've done two of the three punishments. Is this enough? Who do you want crucified? And they said, the one who calls himself king of the Jews. Now, the ones who did do something, they freed. Even in Jesus' act, he was freeing people. And he took on that cross. And when he did that, that wasn't the punishment. That was man's punishment on him. That's right. The laying of the sin was when he went to hell for three days and defeated every act of sin that could be committed. And he says, I have victory over it and came back and said, I have the keys in my hand, and I leave them to you. Now, know this, that we put that, I believe Peter put that there, so, and he says it as a matter of fact. In fact, commentary says that he inserts this in the middle of this dissertation as, hey, no one, I don't care what you're suffering or going through, Whatever afflictions you're going to, and it's talked about over and over. Pre-service prayer, Minister Russell was talking about it in Hebrews chapter 10. James, another pastor, talks about it in James chapter 1. To take joy and to glory in tribulations and afflictions. And, and Peter himself, he's talking about it here. As a matter of fact, because no matter what you're dealing with, somebody else paid a greater price for you. And he says, so because of the price he paid for you, you are already healed. Everything you need for your body has already been taken care of. Mm -hmm. Now, reality check. Because see, what often happens is that we correlate that if someone gets sick or has a disease, it's because of a sin. They did something wrong. They did something wrong. But see, there is, the, real, the reality is this earth is fallen. Right. This world is fallen. Mankind is fallen. Judges, even the Supreme Court, are fallen human beings. And without the resurrected mind of Christ, we will get it wrong. 
and there are, there are things that are perpetual in the earth. So there's a wicked animal out there called Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And what he's trying to get is your faith in who Christ is and what he made you. So when we say that he is already taking care of your healing before you were a thought in your mama and your daddy's eyes, it's just that your healing was made available to you. And it's only up to us to realize that he already suffered. Yeah. He already paid the price. He already dealt with it. So whether you had sinned and gotten in a situation or whether you just, it's something just happened, it's not predicated on what you did. It's predicated upon an attack of the enemy. And because of that, God says, I already took care of it. That's right. I paid the price. That's right. Healing is yours. Now, I get this question. I get this inbox. I get this message. I get this conversation over and over and over again. So I'm just going to say it because I believe it needs to be said from the pulpit. But what happened to my baby that was stillborn? What happened to my child that was shot and killed? What happened to that innocent bystander who served and, 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 and what happened? See, that's when we start talking about what we did. And there are casualties in war. Right. And it's not up to me to explain it, but it's still up to you to believe that God is good. Yeah. And even in the most horrific situations, he's still able to turn those things to, into good. Which is why he says in 1 Corinthians, I believe, um, he says, he talks about death. Where is your sting? Because even in that, we have victory. Even in that, we have victory. So, yes, we have suffered loss. You know, the reality is right now, with all the pandemic talk and everything else, I just checked it. As of September the 4th, 2020, according to the CDC, heart disease and... Um, and um, cancer are still the number one and number two causes of death, just as of last week. Mm-hmm. For ages 15 to 24, just checked it last week. CDC, you can fact check it yourself. For, from ages 15 to 24, unless it's something that was congenital, causes of death is still accidents and homicide. So you can't tell me that there's not wickedness trying to ravish itself across mankind. But it's up to us to say, hey, but I was healed yeah. over 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And it's my faith, through my faith in Christ and what he has done for me already. And all I need to do is just turn that switch up mm-hmm. to receive all the healing that he's already provided. Mm-hmm. We're talking about being God conscious and not sin conscious. Yeah, that's good. Because sin consciousness will keep you in fear. That's good. So when, I, when I'm listening to you, so let's talk. There's a Godward side and a manward side to everything. We're getting ready to close. And so when I think about all my financial needs being already met, right, grace provided that. So my response is I have no fear in giving because I already know all my needs are met. That's right. The, fear is, the fear is I'm going to lose something if I give. Right. I'm not going to have something. Right. Instead of by faith, I give this because I know all these needs are already met. That's right. So I respond that way. That's just one illustration, right? Right. Right. So in my healing, right, Godward side is what you just described. But, but, but my side is if I truly believe that, I still have to eat right. I need to exercise. There are things I need to do in the natural. And I'm not doing that. 
out of fear, I'm responding with my body to what I believe he's already provided for it. Right. So I'm going to treat it the way he, by faith, described I need to treat it. Exactly. Let's close right here for the day. Let's, last one, letter C. Before you ever became discouraged, God blessed you with all spiritual blessings. Mm. Before you ever came discouraged. And I know everything that we're dealing with in our country, we all have an opportunity to be discouraged right now. All of us do. Everything around us says be discouraged. Kids have an opportunity. College students have an opportunity. Virtual learning versus in-person learning. Things are not the way they used to be. And all of us can become discouraged. Ephesians 1.3 says, the Passion Translation, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us. Already. As a love gift from our heavenly Father, our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because He sees us wrapped in Jesus. Notice, He doesn't see us. He sees us wrapped in Jesus. I love the way the Passion describes that. This is why we celebrate Him with all of our hearts. So really, the way I look at this, God's answer to discouragement is encouragement. Mm-hmm. And in the word encouragement is the word courage. And it takes courage to stand in the face of discouragement and encourage yourself. Mm -hmm. And say in the face of what I'm looking at right now, God, you are good. I put all my hope and my trust in you. And I know this too shall pass and it shall work out for my good. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. And I want to read this out of the, new, the Good News translation. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says, God in his mercy has given us a work to do. All of us have something to do in the earth. So God in his mercy has given us a work to do. And so we do not become discouraged. So this should tell all of us with what he's called us to do, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to become discouraged. That's right. That's right. But the Apostle Paul is saying here, we will not. That's a choice. That's a decision. I will not become discouraged. I mean, that's a choice of your will. I will not become discouraged. With what God has called me to do, I will not become discouraged. If God has called me to go to college right now, I will not become discouraged. That's right. If God has called me to high school or wherever I'm at in my season, uh, God, I will not be discouraged. I don't care what they're doing on social media. I take a stand for what's right. I will not become discouraged. Everybody might be running around in fear and in rebellion, but I will do what's right because of who I am and whose I am. So I will not become discouraged. Because I understand that my courage is furnished and is filled by who my confidence is placed in. Mm -hmm. And if my confidence is in Christ Jesus, he's my defender. He's my protector. He's my shield and my buckler. And he goes before me to make sure that I'm still good in the face of so much discouragement. So sometimes you've got to wake up every single day in the face of everything that I'm looking at and say to yourself, self I will not be discouraged. Not today. No, not today. I will not be discouraged. Drop down to verse 13 in the Good News translation. 
The Scripture says, that's why some of you all can't say anything. Watch what the Scripture says. The Scripture says, I spoke because I believed. Mm. Mm. See, when you can't speak, it's because you actually don't believe. Somebody needs to say it by faith. I will not be discouraged. I will not be discouraged. Scripture says, I spoke because I believe. In the same spirit of faith, we also speak because we believe. So when you have the spirit of faith, how many know you can't help but talk about what you know God's getting ready to do? I'm talking about when the spirit of faith is on you, if you actually believe it, you are going to say it. So I need somebody to act on that. I don't know what you're personally dealing with right now. I don't know what you're personally going through. But if you actually believe God has already brought you out of it, I want you to say it out of your mouth right now. I want you to type it in the message board right now. I want you to, by faith, be bold about it. Declare it. Let everybody know that God has supplied all of my needs. God has healed my body. Even by faith, God has provided a mate for me. Come on, if you really believe that, then have the spirit of faith to be able to say it out of your mouth. God has paid off all of my bills. I am supernaturally debt-free by the blood, the name, and the word. Come on, if you believe it, say it right now. That's right. And oftentimes, the enemy will use even those that are closest to you to put you in a place of discouragement, to feed hopelessness to make you question what you really believe, which is why I, mean, I keep going back there. Your confidence, our confidence, has to continually be rooted and growing. You know, when something, the bigger a tree goes, the deeper the root goes. Right. So as you go higher, you got your roots got to go deeper and deeper. And check this out about a tree. We know by, for a fact. A tree's roots become, can become so strong that it penetrates concrete. Mm -hmm. Tree's roots can be so strong that it will crumble houses. Mm -hmm. So that's how strong our roots need to be, even in the face of people that are close to us, mm -hmm. friends that reject us mm -hmm. for no, seemingly no reason, family members that may be just contrary to us, distance, loving from afar. We have to understand that our confidence and our soul dependence has to be so far on him because the further you go up in him, the more confidence you have to have in him in the face of what may come your way. That's so good. Let's close right here. This is something I believe the Spirit of God led me to do. Whether you're in this room or you're watching uh, online right now, if we'd have kept reading that verse, discouragement is a spirit. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody out here right now, you're battling the spirit of discouragement. If that's you right now, whether you're in this room or watching online, just stand to your feet right now, wherever you're at. We're going to get that monkey off your back right now in Jesus' name. Just stand up right where you're at. You can be in this room or you can be watching online. Just stand up right where you're at and lift your hands to the Father right now. I would not be concerned about what anybody else thinks about me. They don't have a heaven or a hell to that's put right, me in. That's right. This is between me and God right now. If that's you, just stand up, put both hands up in the air. And we're going to get that monkey off your back. We speak to that spirit of discouragement right now. And we curse you at your root. And we declare that from this day forward, you have no more power, no more authority. And we break your power now by the authority and the name of Jesus. And we speak hope right now into their hearts. We speak encouragement into their hearts. And whatever it was that was discouraging them, we declare that that need has been met and it manifests now 
in Jesus' name. If you receive that, just go ahead and praise God for it right now. Just thank God. Give him glory that you are no longer discouraged, and you need to declare that I will not be discouraged another day of my life. Wake up every single day and say, I will not be discouraged, and then speak faith out of your mouth. Speak the opposite of what's trying to discourage you, and watch the Spirit of God just swoop in there, lift your heart, and give you hope in that day, and eventually you're going to walk in to what it is that you've been declaring and speaking out of your mouth in Jesus' name. Now, if you're watching today, you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want to pray with and for you today. A lot of times, we can't beat discouragement without a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. God loves you today. He loves you with an everlasting love. He's not mad at you. He only wants to demonstrate to you how much he loves you. So if you don't know Jesus Christ today, I want to pray with and for you. Maybe you do know him, but you got discouraged. You just, I don't know, you lost hope and you, you went back out into the world. But this message today just lifted your heart, lifted your spirit, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to rededicate my life. I want to come back to God today. If any one of those two describe you today, I just want you to lift one hand towards heaven, and would you repeat this prayer after me? Just say these words with me right now, and say them by faith with all of your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth, what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. And all my sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Man, this, oh, man, I can just sense that, that people made life-changing decisions that are out there watching right now. I'm telling you, it would warm the heart of God, and it would warm my heart also. If you would just take the next step and follow the information that's on your screen, fill out that Connect card, and, man, we would be so honored to help describe to you what your next step is so that you can, can continue to get full discernment and build a better relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're in a place where all you can do is type in, I prayed that prayer sincerely from my heart. If that describes you, just type that in and say, I prayed that prayer from my heart. We have a social media team that will follow up with you and help you take your next steps as well. A ministry on, team. A ministry team, yeah. yeah. But on behalf of my wife and I, we just want to say welcome to the family. We love you. God bless you. And can't yes. wait to meet you in person. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right, and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend, and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.